Hello, everybody, and welcome to take three of episode six's introduction on Stick to Sports this week. It has not gone well to start. Uh, I am Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports. I'm Sean Dantilli from Sporting News, and I would like to say that's actually the third and the best take because Ryan A doesn't sound like he wants to jump off a bridge, and B didn't uh, didn't mispronounce anything. So we're good. Let's roll. Yeah, I uh, I really struggled there, and I apologize. <laughs> You had maybe you had blue balls of the heart. Oh, good lord! Yeah. Uh, in case you don't know what that's from, first of all, congratulations! You're living your best life. Uh, <laughs> but second of all, it is from the now probably not coming back uh, True Detective. It, it came out today that True Detective will probably not be back for a third season on HBO, and I think that's just as well. Right. I mean that that's one of the that's the worst of many many terrible lines from season 2 of that show. And I don't even remember what it was about. Like it could have been anything. Like it could have been about anything. I don't know if the I don't need the the, the context could have actually been correct. It's I feel just, like it's crooked land deals, but I don't remember how the guy in the the crow mask shooting <laughs> Colin Farrell in the chat. I don't remember how that relates to any of it. I think Right. That, there is a mayor. Oh, there is a mayor. The mayor was the mayor was bad. Well, sure. No, I it's I it I'm glad this show's being put out of its misery. And that sucks because I really, really enjoyed the first season. And yeah, it, and it's it, like a lot of people. I, I I feel like you feel like you probably did not. But but oh, season I, I really liked the first season. Yeah, it was se- great. Season two took all the problems of that show because it wasn't perfect in season one. No. And then by season two, every issue that you possibly could have had with it was magnified to a billion and punched up with some of the most insane dialogue you could imagine. It needed to die, and and uh, and and I'm happy it's gone. So That's... I so I do have a theory about what happened there. Uh, the first season had two really really good character actors, who like you watch Matthew McConaughey in anything. And you go, oh, he's saying the craziest stuff in the world right now, but it like makes sense because he's such a good actor. All right, but but I, in in fairness, like, when was the last time Matthew? Before that, when was the last time that Matthew McConaughey was a great character actor? I mean, he he had been Ooh, a. I mean, he was great in Mud. He was great in The Lincoln Lawyer. Well, I, when you when when you say character actor, though, you, I, like I, I, that first off, those were well, The Lincoln Lawyer was not after, but but Mud was right around that same time. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, no, it, uh, we'll never know. Lincoln Lawyer was Lincoln Lawyer was before, but I, I mean, Mud was after. That's that's not the point. No, I think both of them were before. Again, it's not the point. Um, but what I'm what I'm trying to say here, I guess, is that like, I mean, McConaughey was great in Frailty, right? Like, right, that, and that was true. 2002, I want to say. So, th- this this is a guy who you know. In much the same way as they say this about Brad Pitt, like he's a he's a character actor miscast as a leading man because right. he is extremely good looking. Right. That well, that's that's what I was getting at. I think people had forgotten how you know. I mean, it, it goes back to Wooderson. I mean, that that was magnetic and small and 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 great. Yeah. And then you look at something like Tropic Thunder, which which he had a small role and he was and he was great. And like he he obviously has those chops. Clearly, he's great. But. I mean, there was there was skepticism when when he was cast because it's like this is the dude who made you know how to lose a guy in ten days. Like he, I'll he defend had, that movie, by the way. Well, you you know what I mean though. But he yeah. he was he was a romantic comedy leading man first and foremost for for so many years that I think people forgot it. You know, but obviously he he showed that he still had the chops. Absolutely. Yeah, and and so he was saying like absolutely crazy stuff in the first season of that show. And right. you just went with it because it was captivating. Um, Vince Vaughn <laughs> is not the actor that Matthew McConaughey is. And so when he's saying crazy stuff for four minutes straight or whatever, you're just sitting there seeing like all the strings. Uh, and I felt, and, it, and by the end of the, by the end of this, by, by the end of the season two, I, I felt bad for Vince Vaughn because you could really feel him trying, but it just wasn't it, I, because the dialogue was worse. Like oh, Nick, it definitely was. But Nick, like Nick, Nick Pizzolatto had free range to do whatever he wanted yeah. in in the, in the second series, and he gave Vince Vaughn, who, while obviously inferior to Matthew McConaughey, 
Pizzolatto gave him lines that that McConaughey couldn't save. Yeah, so no, they're, they, sure. they were doubly ridiculous. Whenever you have Vince Vaughn, you know, giving a goddamn three minute long soliloquy about rats and all that stuff. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was pathetic. And, uh, Oh God, I, I can't even imagine what, what a third season of that would, would have looked like. I, I guess I'm, I'm sad because I really like, again, there were good things about season two. I thought like, hmm? I thought, um, Taylor Kitsch's performance was really good, even though it just kind of stopped happening. Right. Uh, uh, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where how much crazier could it have gotten? Like, I was vaguely curious to see I was that. fine. I was fine with the, with the plot insanity, or, the, or, the, or really the non-plot insanity. There were just ridiculous asides that, you know, really ultimately had, had nothing to do with uh, – with the resolution of of, right. of the show, so I, I didn't really didn't care about that. It was just that every single episode there would be some moment that just made me want to put my fist through a wall. Honestly, like it, it was it was partially because of high expectations because I enjoyed season one so much. On its own, I, I don't think I don't think season two, you know, if, if it existed in a vacuum, I don't think people would have hated it so much. But it was so so far inferior to the first season. A and B, there were so many just glaring, gross, ridiculous things that, that that happened every episode that anything good that it did got got overshadowed. So my my big hope for it, honestly, for that show was that it would come back for a third season. They would realize that that Nick Pizzolatto needed to be reined in yeah. and and controlled in some way or another. At least have some some form of checks and balances on the dude because he got a blank check for season two, essentially. And that you know they would sort of find the happy medium uh, between the two, but you know I, I'd rather have it go away if if that wasn't going to happen because honestly it was not it was not a fun show to watch because of all that baggage. No, yeah, and, and I think I think it, the reason for that, and this is true of a lot of like shows that aren't good. Like there are shows that aren't particularly good that you can watch and like enjoy the train wreckness of it, but there was just enough with True Detective Season 2 that wasn't a train wreck that it just made it a chore. Right. And it's, um, and it's, and it's like a lot of things. It's like it, you, can, you can expound, you know, you can extend it to athletes, really. Like once someone shows you that they have, uh, that they have ability and, and that they have upside and, and that, that there's a reason to watch them, when they – when they disappear or, or play worse or, or whatever, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more disappointing because, you know, oh, because, sure. you, because you know, the potential's there and you know, they're not living up to it. This isn't, you know, we, we expect less out of, out of garbage TV shows and we expect less out of fourth line plugs. But when star players, you know, don't produce or, or whatever, the expectations, you know, cause the reaction to go a little haywire. And I think that's sort of, the thing that True Detective suffered from last year. I really hated it. I, I was, I, it, it was an hour I spent every week just being unhappy and, 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 and just sort of, you know, disappointed by, by what I was watching. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like super hate it. I thought, like I said, I thought there were like interesting parts of it. And, you know, the, the, the shootout episode. That was great. Was amazing. Was mm-hmm. really great. And you just, uh, there was just enough there that I, I was watching it going, you know, I'm watching this and, and there are good parts of it, but like the I reason, said, it's a the, chore. The reason that the shootout worked so well for me was that it felt like a reset button for the season. Like you're like, okay, this yeah, is great. I agree with that. Like, and then like, it just wasn't one. And it wasn't, it, yeah. if, if anything, if anything, it got worse. So you're watching that and you're like, oh, great. They they can they can uh, you know make a left turn and and go back to doing stuff that I actually enjoy and stop doubling down on the stuff that I hate. But that's not that's not really the way that it worked, man. And, and it was not because of the performances. I I really don't think that even even though Colin Farrell was you know pretty wooden in spots and Vince Vaughn is you know playing Vince Vaughn, it, it, the the issues went went beyond the casting and you know it was an issue with the show's DNA. I think that you know obviously HBO. <laughs> opted opted to uh op- opted to cancel rather than try to save. Yeah, and I think they're they're getting better HBO is at like trying to just like cut bait when they should be cutting bait. Um and show and TV in general. Uh another thing that happened today 
was they said the Ameri- they renewed the Americans for two more seasons, but that's it. They're done after that's two good. seasons. That's, that's like good. That's – Right. I've enjoyed watching the Americans, but I, I don't I, – I like knowing that that show has an end point. Yeah, and and someone pointed out today that like with the way the timeline of the show lines up with when it will be ending, uh, it might – like the finale might have a lot to do with the release of Rocky Four. Oh God! Which would be incredible. Oh God! Like if that's if, great. If that's what it's all built up to, I would be so, like, if it comes out at the end, like, yeah, our end game here was to have, uh, uh what's her name, uh, the the lead actress, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. I wanted to say Kristen Russell, but I knew that was wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, for Carrie Russell to watch Rocky Four, like the you know, I can change. We yeah, can change. and then just have it be the end of it. And she's like, you know what? America's not so bad. Yeah. End credits. Or they should just keep it going for three more years, like three more years after that and end with Rocky Five. Yeah. <laughs> have Tommy Gunn come out. I've never work. seen Rocky Five. I don't know what uh, happens in it. Is that the It's his sons in it, maybe? And no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's Rocky Balboa. Ro- Rocky Five is, is when he, is when Rocky's retired and kind of... Uh, starts dealing starts dealing with a street brawler named Tommy Gunn and then ends up it's you know what we don't need to talk about this anymore it was terrible but I but I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that you know that somehow figures into the finale of the Americans absolutely yeah, that'd, be, that'd be really great at least with like an Animal House type you know Philip <laughs> went on to star <laughs> yeah let's do it I think Tommy Morrison's dead though so that, that that actually might not work well you know what that's fine too. It's 2016, man. There's ways of getting around that. Yeah, I saw Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> Benjamin Buttons. They're gonna make. They're gonna make like a million more Fast and the Furious movies, like using you know, a Paul Walker stuffed animal or something. That, and we can make that's it happen. Fine with me. They can. They can make as many of those movies as they want. Put them <laughs> out every two years. I will see them happily. Correct. Um. But, you know, getting back to the thing about, like, being disappointed by a, a lack of greatness when you have been accustomed to it, uh, how about those Golden State Warriors? Oh, man. Absolutely. Whoa. The Thunder are good. I mean, they're not this good, though, right? Like, I mean, I, I, think it, I think it's – all right, first off, I want to give a shout-out to my dad, who knows a lot more about basketball than me. And he said at the start of the series, you know – OKC's going to win it. OKC's going to win it. He just kept saying it. And he, and he was right. It seems like it's going to happen. It really I mean, does. But it's it's a combination of a lot of different factors. I, I think, you know, Steph's clearly not at 100%. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different a lot of different routes you can take uh, for trying to explain, you know, why this is happening. But what it boils down to, man, is that is that the Thunder are really good. Yep. And, and that's and, – and it's – you know, if you have a couple outstanding issues, if you're the Warriors, another great team like the Thunder, you know, could very, very easily exploit it. And I, I think that's what you've seen. But, you know, these last two games, did anybody expect them to get their doors blown off? No, like, it's that, been that, crazy. That's a surprise. Yeah. It's not, it's not a surprise to me that, that, that you know, that OKC is a win away because I, I think that was definitely possible given everything that was going on. But, man, to, to see them, to see two consecutive, you know, non-competitive games – that's, yeah, like you watch these games and you're like, what is Draymond Green doing out there? Mm-hmm. You know, like he's he hasn't just been bad. He's been like career redefiningly awful in this series. Yeah, um, I mean, he's, he was he's minus 73 for, for the oh, past two games. It's it's like Jesus. it's Clay Thompson's I, been pretty bad. Like they just, you know, they have really great players that are playing very very poorly right now I think, and meanwhile the thunder everybody's playing their the best games of their lives basically the main, the main thing clearly is the presidents of of university of pittsburgh legend stephen adams i think uh i think i think he's reason one and really two and three why uh why the series is, is going the way that it is yeah, i don't know how mu- I, I don't know how much you know about him dude but i feel like i, I mean i re- know enough that like he's good He's uh, he's a fascinating he's a fascinating guy. Brian Windhorst from ESPN.com wrote a really good story about him um, a few weeks ago that uh, you should check out because that dude that dude's had a crazy life. He's one of fourteen children. His wow. his dad his dad had kids with with uh, with with I, with I believe five women, and uh, he had just a crazy you know non traditional 
<laughs> upbringing in, in New Zealand. I mean, the dude, the dude's fascinating, and he and he looks like you know a Bond villain. So yeah, he really does. Yeah, it, it, it's like they they took the uh, the Adam Morrison like pastiche, <laughs> and we're like, what if we what if we just made this a little more. Right. What if we put this on a seven foot tall psychopath? Like, yeah. like, what if, what if that's, what if that's what we did? We need, we need Adam Morrison to have a little more edge to him. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta read that wind horse story, man. It's, it's, okay, it's I great. will. Stop screaming at me, please. I'm not, I'm not, it's a microphone. I'm not screaming at you. Well, stop moving the microphone around. That's, I'm, that's the real goal here. Like a foot and a half away from him. Jeez. Oh, I'm just gonna whisper. It's fine. Yeah, we had well, we had that one guy say last week that you're too loud and I'm too quiet. And I, I, what I would say is that is probably a valid criticism, but also I don't know that I have a way of fixing it. So I think I think it's because I have a twenty dollar USB microphone plugged in, and you're using the one that's on your headphones. Clearly, mm-hmm. and yet sounds great. and yet it sounds great. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, like. I'm watching every game of that series, and quite frankly, I mean the way the Raptors are doing what they're doing to the to Cleveland is also crazy. Like the idea that we're going to get probably, or you know, pretty good chance that we're going to get a Toronto OKC uh, NBA final is bananas. Yeah, I, there's no there's no NHL analog for that. Honestly, no. like it's because you know. It's so much more possible for star players to control the outcome of games in, in the NBA, and we've talked about this before. But yeah. but it's but it's true. You expect the team that has the better players to always win in in the NBA because ninety nine times out of a hundred, maybe less than that, but you know, still a, a significant amount of time. You know, that's the way it goes. And and there's there's no way really to port that over and compare it to anything uh, as, as far as hockey's concerned. It's it's nuts. It's nuts in in. Uh, and the NBA is quaking in their boots at, at the thought of a final without Steph and without LeBron, possibly yeah. both of them. And it's like you know maybe not quite maybe not quite on, on the level that the NHL is freaking out about San Jose, Tampa Bay potentially, but oh, it's that still going to be still, not great for ugh. for the ratings because I was reading uh, last round I think that that the Sharks were even having trouble selling out their building, which to be fair it's a big building and all that and right. I mean, I, I don't nobody like this. cares about the Nashville Predators like on a national level, but yeah, and in in on a national level, nobody cares about the San Jose Sharks. Like, that's just Correct. the way that it is. It, yeah. It's on a national level, very few <laughs> people care about very few NHL teams. That's why it's so important to have strong local markets that you know to, to advance this far. And Pittsburgh's you know elite, and and St. Louis this year was elite too. So so you have you know. The alternative for for the league is great, but man, it's tough to imagine. It's tough to imagine a, a worse outcome, realistically, in terms of playoff teams than than this. But who cares, man? I, I yeah, as I, long as as long as the basketball and the hockey's good. Yeah, like, right. I don't, I don't, I don't give a rat's ass. Like the yeah, NHL and the NBA's revenue streams are not a concern for me. Not at all. Not at all. And and if and if that means that. That that I watch, you know, Joe Thornton versus uh, versus the Tampa Bay Lightning for in, in the final. Man, that's fine. I'll I'll take it. That yeah, sounds awesome. I, I don't care. But but that's like ratings apocalypse stuff for the league. And oh it's my hilarious. god! Yeah, they, like Gary Bettman will cry if mm-hmm. that happens. Um, I still have Pittsburgh in seven. Uh, I wouldn't. I, I I didn't think they were going to win yesterday, but I I wouldn't. I w- I certainly wouldn't pick against them to lose tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they they looked fantastic, um, and you know they are a team that has the star players who are capable of just being like, okay, we're gonna do this now. And like Sidney Crosby and Phil Kessel were unbelievable. Evgeny Malkin was unbelievable. And sometimes in hockey, sometimes not all the time, that's all you need. Absolutely, I th- I thought Malkin was. Not great yesterday, but whatever. I mean, they, you know, he was still, okay. Let me rephrase. He was. He had really, some very. Yeah, he, he had, was really good in the first period in yes, particular. He had some very obvious, like near catastrophes down down the stretch that you know maybe deserved to have him. You know, for him to have his mark dropped a little bit. But you know, the Crosby line was dominant. 
And you got uh, you got Brian Russ scoring goals down the stretch for you, man. What what more can you ask for? Yeah, it's I I wouldn't I wouldn't pick them to lose against Tampa tomorrow. Yeah, no. So I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where you know you hear it all the time about like the ratings disasters and everything where uh, the league is fixed. They're just trying to get it so it's a Pittsburgh St. Louis final. Blah blah. Like you know you hear that all the time. Right. Um and. Obviously, like, the, the joke you can always say about the NHL in particular is they're not competent enough. <laughs> right, which is, which is true, by the way. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's ridiculous. Like, they, they can't not step in, like, the pile of dog crap and then fall backwards into it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's just what I think of when I think of the NHL is not, like, well-run, efficient management. Um. And yet, at the same time, like, our our buddy Dave Lozo had had something the other day about, like, it would be super easy for, like, a ref to be crooked. Right, because because the standard is that low. We expect nothing out of them. We don't know what they're going to call at any given time. It would be easy enough, honestly, for that, for a ref to just be like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to call the game correctly. I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually call interference and call stick penalties uh and and just just do my job on on that level where you know and it would it would in a weird way that would constitute a fix it's crazy it's it it's it's really really crazy and like you said it's not something that's even possible because you look at how the league can screw up something as simple as watching a replay on on an available I know. screen it's ridiculous they brought up they brought up the goddamn game gear again last night like yep. i i it, it the sight of that makes me angry yeah, i, I cuz you watch these games and you're like okay well the guy who just got his face shoved through the glass mm-hmm. at 60 miles an hour like we're not going to call that in the first period of a goalless game but like this guy had his skate blade a quarter of the, an inch off the ice on the wrong side of the blue line. So right. like that cannot stand. Um, and, and the thing, it's so weird because it's like, we don't, we're not going to call things by the book ever, except if the puck goes over the glass. And if a guy has his skate blade, a quarter of an inch off the ice. Right. And I but see like, like, like I like those calls. I like, I like puck over the glass. I like, I like the offsides call because there's no ambiguity, and and that's like one of the few sort of areas where, in a league that's just trafficked solely in in judgment calls, on, made by people who probably shouldn't be making them, you know, I I like seeing cut and dry stuff. And in, in the in yeah, the no, chaos, I agree with the that. Ca- yeah, like if they if that's the rule, that's the rule, and I like it. But but, but I get what you're saying. I, the, I get what you're saying. The standard it's, applied to those two rules in oh, particular. Oh, for sure, because because that's it. Other other than that, there's there's not there especially during the playoffs. There's no cut and dry thing whatsoever. And yeah, then you have no. other other than those two things. So so I, I get I get why it bothers people, but like personally, I'm I'm more like yep. Well, at least there's two things that that it's a lot tougher for them for them to screw up. Right. Yeah. The, and I mean, that's the thing is is you you watch even NBA games and Draymond Green. Kicks a guy right in the balls on national TV, <laughs> and the, I know. and the NBA is like, you know, what are we supposed to do about this? That's crazy. Which is good. Which is good. I love it. Who cares? I I would rather. I'm glad. I'm glad that Draymond Green played in in that last game. Like I'm I'm all for, you know, as long as as long as, uh, <laughs> which you know, say what you will, but but Stephen Adams was was okay after it. You know, there was th- there was no egregious bodily harm done. Like like who who cares? I like it. It goes back to really like like we we're what we were talking about uh about about TV ratings and whatnot. Like like what what do I care if it, if there's people worried that that the league looks hypocritical here? It's funny. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean it's, it's I mean it was it was the three stooges. Uh-huh. It was the three stooges bit. Uh, but it, again, it's just like. You know, if you have rules, have them, and if you don't, and if you're not going to follow them, don't have them. Right. And like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's probably not a rule in the NBA rule book that says like 
if a guy get kicks another guy in the balls, like this is what you have to. do. I mean, we're it. dealing we're we're dealing with you know trying to guess intent because you have Dante Jones on the Cavs who 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 punched Bismack Biombo right right in the penis and balls. Yes, <laughs> on that on that same day and got suspended a day for it. So so what they're saying and and I and I can understand this to an account because there's nuance involved and whatever. But but they're there's they're saying that what that what Dante Jones did was was you know was was worse even though it was kind of the same thing right which is and, fine and for, I mean the the other thing is Adams had previously been need very hard in the balls <laughs> like on purpose yeah. <laughs> like and I and love like, it yeah that's fine that, the thing that nobody's talking about with that is like. I feel like he might be being targeted a little bit for what he said when he's when he accidentally said like they're running around like little monkeys out there or yeah. whatever. It's possible. Like, it's possible. But he's also a very obnoxious player to deal with. Like, that's like true. He, yeah. He, even aside from that, he, that, he dude, is that dude is really annoying to play against. Yeah. So you know, and and then you just throw in the fact uh, that offensive players in the NBA more and more, and it, and you could say this ten years ago or twenty years ago, and you can certainly say it now. They try to draw contact on every single everything. shot. Yeah, and why? And why wouldn't you? Because they'll call everything. Because you should. You yeah, should. So, so it's so the same. It's the same thing with diving and hockey and soccer mm-hmm. and because I mean, Christ, they were complaining about LeBron flopping in what I think game three, maybe. Um, all the Toronto fans who. Well, he did. He he got I, no. I, like I got, understand that, but like everybody flops. Sure, that's my point. Like. Yes, LeBron definitely flopped in that game, but like the idea that Kyle Lowry has never flopped. Right. Well, he, yeah, he did earlier in that game. It's something that nobody has the moral high ground over right. at all. Every oh, yeah. every team has players, or every every fan base has players on their team that do, that that do just as bad on a regular basis. And and yeah, you can you can hope that it gets called and and uh, and say thanks whenever you're on the right side of it, but. There's a there's a lot of willful blindness, I think, on on behalf of fan bases that that complain. Oh, yeah, there. I mean, this is true of any sport for any like fan base taking any sort of moral high ground for any reason. I agree. Like everybody in a franchise's history has done the thing that you're complaining about being horrible, and a guy should be you know brought up on charges by the Hague. Like, yeah. No, it's it's true, and and unless there's like some super egregious thing that that because because there are those exist, but for for the most part, man, you can be mad about it, but don't but don't pretend that that uh that you haven't been in those exact same shoes at some exactly. point, and probably recently for that matter. The, the other thing I wanted to talk about with the with the Warriors and to to you know a certain extent the Penguins as well uh, is is. I haven't seen anything today, but are we getting the hot takes about like Steph Curry's not trying hard enough and that kind of thing? I don't think so. I I, I think right now we're we're uh, we're leaning more towards like excuse making for for the Warriors. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess, doesn't it? Like, well, but 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 Steph, but Steph has has a built in has a built in excuse correct. because he's got, he's got the knee injury. The guy, the guy that's getting destroyed is Draymond Green because, because I mean, he's he has, played he has, like absolute has, garbage because, like. He's been, because he's been off because he's been awful and he has no obvious excuse. So right, yeah, yeah, he's he's getting killed for it for sure. But no, I, I think I think uh, I feel like people are being fairly rational about it about it with Steph and, and maybe maybe a little bit too forgiving, frankly. Yeah, I. It, it's a thing where I'm wonder. I, I kind of wonder, like, you know, are we finally like, like, is this the level of greatness? I guess that a team has to be at where people are like, well, there's no way they should be losing, so I have to make up excuses for them. You know what I mean? I think people, yeah, I, I think there's a natural tendency to try to explain everything, really, but but also, also something like the last two games by the Warriors because there's not. <laughs> You know, based on based on a month ago, based no on based on two months ago, there's yeah. no rational explanation for it. Like this, this should not be happening, no. but it is, and and people people are trying to figure it out and maybe grasping at straws in in certain, in certain instances. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think uh, it's crazy with Crosby, man. If if you want to if you want to go to the other sport, it's crazy that the level to which people. Uh, forget about how good he is on on a night to night basis. Like like it's literally, it's literally uh, 
he's only as good as his last game. There's never any carryover effect with him. He's he's going to get dumped on by by somebody regardless, in, unless unless he scores every single game. That's the expectation for him, and and it's it's unrealistic. But you know we're we're, we're seeing it every single day. Yeah, it, it, if he doesn't if he doesn't score, he's not doing enough. Period. Yeah, I, I mean that was I, I think it was Rob Rossi uh, wrote basically like, oh, he had the game winning goals in like two straight games. Cool. Where was he last game? And it's like, I, like Jesus Christ, I, I don't... dude! Like you have to literally. And I wrote about this uh, earlier, but it was like a thing where you know people are now the, the hot take has turned into. Listen, I know this is a hot take. But I'm so mad right now that I got a hot take it anyway. Right. I, it's there's something about the playoffs I think that wh- where people lose they lose their compass uh, in terms yeah. of in terms of what especially in hockey in terms of what makes a player good. If you're Sidney Crosby and you score 35 goals in a season, let's say what what percentage of games is that? It's a f- 40. We'll say forty three percent. I don't that's know. Only, and that's if you score one goal a game. Like if you have a hat trick, obviously that right. that adds to two games in which you're not scoring. Basically, so how, so how how many times does Sidney Crosby have to score in a series for for people to accept that he's playing well? You have to in, score in, in, in literally in every he, game, in that he can't be playing better. Like he, he, it has to be every game, and it's and it's and it's not fair, but. That's 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 the reality I think of how of how a lot of people are calibrated. Like like last game, if he doesn't if he doesn't score uh that that breakaway goal, do people care that that he, you know, just blew off Tampa's Tampa's doors in terms of possession? No, they they don't care. They say they they say Pittsburgh won despite not getting anything from Sidney Cross. Even even though that's not demonstrably true. Right. Yeah, it, it it's just one of those things where you know, as a, as a, I guess, sports watching society, we're getting a better understanding of how these sports work on like a granular level. Um, and yet there, there are people, mostly people in positions of some kind of power where they go, "Mm, actually the thing that I thought 30 years ago is still the thing. Uh, another example is the Bruins signed Kevin Miller to, a terrible contract four mm-hmm. years for a guy who's not very good now. Um, right. It doesn't make any sense at all. And one of the reasons they said they did it was he had a good plus minus, which we all understand. Like the thing you say when you're talking about plus minus is it's not a very good stat, but right. right. And the ruins set basically said that it's not a good stat, but, He's consistently on the ice, outscoring. It's not teams, a. Blah, it, blah, blah. It's not a. It's it's not a good stat, but it's one that paints him favorably. So we're going to use it right now to justify Correct. us giving them this insane contract. Yes, so that's someone, that's what we're saying. Yeah. So someone says today, uh, like you know, stop using plus minus. It's a ridiculous stat. Like don't use it anymore. And a guy who works at the Boston Herald, he's been covering the Bruins like as long as I remember, reading Bruins coverage. He said the only stats that matter are goals, assists, and points, and it's like, what? yeah, I know it, it's 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 uh, it's reductive, and and I think I think that's sort of that's sort of where we are still in a lot of in, in in a lot of spaces. But it's it's like I mean, it's really that sounds like a PR release, it, and that's and that's what you get whenever teams sign fourth line plugs for you know seven hundred fifty grand, you know, in in one year. You don't like what's what's up top. It's it's how many hits they had. It's how many games they played. It's it's they're they're doing anything to uh, to obscure the fact that they're not particularly good hockey players. And 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 they're and they're using the stuff that you know will make people say like, yeah, so and so has a lot of hits. That's great. Without any sort of next level thought into into why he had a, a lot of right. hits. Yeah, it's it's just it's just spin. And and I and I think I think people get get taken advantage of honestly too too easily. Yeah, I mean, even like a smart writer like Fluto Shinzawa from the Globe, who's you know one of the one of the great hockey writers like in the country. He's ba- he was basically like, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a not a great defenseman, and he's a very bad defenseman. Um, but like, he has room to grow, and it's like, dude, it's gonna be twenty nine in November, man. Right? Yeah, he's he's as good as he's gonna get, and that's and that's not very good. 
and really that's it's a drop in the ocean for the Bruins. I, I think that's I think that's something that gets lost whenever you talk about, you know, Kevin Kevin Miller being oh yeah, it's 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 not terrible, it's this, it's that. I mean that that organization is kind of a mess right now. And oh, and, yeah. and everything they do needs to be needs to be filtered through that. So it's it's you have that level of uh uh, of of missing context with, with the deal, like like even let's let's say that Kevin Miller is, you know, not getting paid twice as much as as he should be, and and you want to justify that it's an okay deal for for them to make in a Honestly, vacuum. Honestly, like, yeah, I looked at it today, and the money's not crazy, ver- like versus what the market value is, which was another argument. Like he would have gotten this elsewhere. Right, um, th- because so so some other dumb general manager would have would have overpaid him. So that means that right. that, that Sweeney has to beat him to the punch. So, like that's so there are, there are two there's two things with that. One is, uh, uh, the Fluto article also said like you know if he had gotten to the open market, he would have used Adam McQuaid's contract as a comparable, and they got you know roughly the same money for the same number of years. But also, it's like yeah. Guess who the dumbass is who gave Adam McQuaid that right, contract? Right. It's who overpaid? Who overpaid Adam McQuaid? You're 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 compounding mistakes. Right. Be- because because of the shitty precedent you've you've set. Yeah, and then the the other thing with the Bruins is they said all year like we understand our defense isn't good enough, and so now they're locking in everybody yeah, on their bad defense gonna, for like two, three, four they're, years. They're going to keep all those guys. It's it's crazy. In in I don't know how this turned into like. A Bruins podcast, but you know it, it is. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make much sense. And if Bruins fans are furious about it, I can certainly understand why. Yeah, it, it just it just comes down to like talent misevaluation and not really understanding like what makes a team successful. Um, to me, it just feels like it feels like something you learn in like in like an econ two hundred class. Like it's just basic. Basic sort of stuff, and and uh, and it's this weird loop of of self justification, you know, where well, we need defensemen because because we need defensemen, and so we're just going to keep the same ones, and we're going to pay them what we pay our other our other overpaid defensemen because that's the price of the market. It's it's crazy, it's crazy, and and it's you know that's always the stuff, man. You think you think we're past watching that happen uh, in in the sport, but uh, I I guess not. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's something else. But you know, the the, the last thing I, I guess I want to say is like the when it comes to all these different kinds of like this guy's to blame and this guy is actually good and all that kind of thing. Like it's just it always boils down to the most basic analysis you can possibly come up with, mm-hmm. um, and. I, I, I guess I'll give you an example, like, of why I feel like that flies a little bit. Is um, so again, we're we're gonna mention it. Uh, I am a big dinosaur enjoyer, right? Uh, no, no. I... <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. So, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Dinosaur Corner with Rye. Yeah, uh, it, it's. Two th- two studies came out this week. One was like, or not studies necessarily. One study came out this week, and then one like big dinosaur discussion point came out because Five Thirty Eight uh, published an article that was basically like, "Hey, uh, Tyrannosaurus, like, was it a predator or was it, um, was it a uh, a scavenger? It was right? A predator. Well, I mean." So the yeah, thing it was, is, no, it, was, it was a predator. The thing is, the answer is probably <laughs> both, but more predator. I think it was a scavenger then. <laughs> well, so, okay. So this is getting a lot of play and like people are talking about it and, you know, they're, they're saying, I think it's this, I think it's that. But the guy that in, that initially advanced the idea that it was a scavenger, and this is back in like the nineties has since come out and said, he only said that so that people would think critically and he didn't actually mean it. Like, he was basically trolling, right? <laughs> that's, that's such a, like, perfect academic way to describe, like, I was just, I was just messing with people. Yeah. I lied, I lied because I thought it would be funny. Yeah, and, and basically he, like, so 
you know, it's 15, 20 years later at this point. And people, and like people with 538 are still like, now it could have been a scavenger. And it's like, bro, <laughs> it couldn't have been. I you think know, it was. There's so many reasons why not, Sean. And I can't. I think there were, I, th- I think they would just find it in like, I think cavemen had dumpsters and they would sure. put all their, yeah, they, cavemen. Would, they would, they would put all their, all their bones and, and, and pelts and whatnot in there. And then, and then, uh, and then the T-Rex would eat out of it. Right. And then, it, and then the cavemen would kill the predators. This has been Dinosaur Corner. But my, my point was Dinosaur Corner is not over yet. You don't get to close Dinosaur Corner. <laughs> um, meanwhile, an actual study from the University of Toronto came out last <laughs> week, right? Where they were like, hey, you know, we when you see Tyrannosaurus and, and big predators like this in, in popular culture, they're often presented as like all their teeth are just pointing in every direction and that kind of thing. And, so, and it's because they look scary. But smaller dinosaurs aren't presented that way, and they were like, and basically they were like, you know, T Rex probably would have had lips, was basically the point of the mm. the study, and then they presented a bunch of reasons why this makes perfect sense, and yeah, like you read it and you go, oh yeah, that all checks out, but it's absolutely, it makes perfect sense to me right now for sure. I'll forward you the study, and you can. <laughs> And you can get a better handle on it. But what I'm saying, but what my point is, is that like surface level analysis that has been proven wrong years and years and years ago. It's not just a provenance of sports that people like are just like, well, no, this guy said a thing that was clearly wrong 20 years ago. So we're going to just stick with that forever. I mean, that's like, that's like inertia kind of. It's like, it's like, it's like thought process inertia where, you learn something, and then it's and then it's always true, and and there and 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 it's true because you learned it when you were, you know, when you're in in a formative stage of 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 whatever it is you're talking about. So yeah, I I think that's part of that's part of the problem is that is that you know, just because something something seems true now doesn't mean that it is empirically, and it doesn't mean that it's going to be true five minutes from now. You right. you have to be open to 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 a lot of different things. Including, including apparently that goddamn dinosaurs have lips, which is crazy. Well, no, I mean it makes perfect sense because you need to keep your teeth moist so they don't like break and stuff like that. And the only animals that and so now I'm just explaining the study, but the only animals that really have teeth that like jut out from their mouths are animals that live in damp climates, like your alligators and crocodiles. That and they don't need to keep their teeth moist because they're just living in the water, basically. And this well, dino- has been Dinosaurs. Dinosaur Corner. <laughs> okay. um, and then the last thing uh, I guess we'll, we'll touch on this week is we decided to, well, let me rephrase that. I decided unilaterally to start fielding questions from listeners. Um, and then, and one of the questions we got, I feel like. Oh, wait, gonna... excuse me. Excuse me. We actually do have questions. You actually did. Uh, people did send in questions. That's great. I don't even know what they are. This is going to be awesome. So. We got we got some smart asses out there, first of all. But we actually got one that I think we're just going to spend a lot of time on. So this will be the listener question of the week. And maybe if there's more interest next week, there won't be. Uh, we can we can hit on more. But this is a good one for both of us. What are our albums of the year so far? Oh shit! See, I had to open that's, iTunes. And that's, I probably, that's a good question. I probably should have told you this before, so you had more time to think about it and didn't. Yeah, just no, drop th- it thanks, man. Hey, no problem. <laughs> you first. Yeah, right. Um, so, I have purchased a lot of new music already this year, a real lot, um, and I've really liked a lot of records that have come out so far this year. Uh, and honestly, we talked about it last week. I think Chance the Rapper's coloring book uh, might be it for me, but that might be right now. Mm-hmm. Um, other other really good records that I've like really enjoyed so far this year um, include Beyonce's Lemonade, which we haven't talked about on the show, but it's really good. Uh, Kendrick Lamar's Untitled Unmastered was really good. Uh, I'm a little iffy on Ray. Oh. Uh, so, so glows kamikaze came out 
last week, and it's really great. And then I just, in the mail yesterday, got the new uh, Pup record, which... Uh, oh, it's it's so good. It's <laughs> so good, and I can never remember the name of it, but it is really good. Um, it is called, if I look on my pre-order ship, the, dr- uh, the Dream is Over, it's called. Go pick up Pups, The Dream is Over. That is going to be my big recommend to you. Um, it's, it's put out by one side, uh, side one dummy records, which is a good label that puts out a lot of good rock and roll music. And that's, I guess my, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say it's my album of the year so far, but it is definitely probably my, uh, my favorite rock and roll record of the year for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a tough question for me to answer honestly right now. Uh, the car seat headrest record that just came out is great. I would recommend that highly. Uh, I like the Royal Headache record, which I think may have come out at the end of last year. Now it that I think did. about it. Uh, Ooh, sorry, Sean. That's fine. That's okay. Um, I feel like a ton of good stuff has come out in, in the last couple of weeks. So it there's really like major, has. There's like major recency bias. Uh, recency bias here, but um, I really like the new modern baseball record. Uh, what else? I've been streaming the Hotel Years record at Stereo Gum quite a bit over the last over the last uh, over the last week or so. Uh, new into it, over it's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I those are those are the ones that are that are sort of on, on the top of my head. But I I really think that by the time it's all said and done, because um, it's long, the the car seat headrest record is it's for people who I would it's like say an hour, like right. It's yeah, it's it's long, so so it's like you got to spend some time with it. But um, I would recommend it. I would recommend it. I like it's I'm trying to think of something something to compare it to. Like spots remind me of LCD Sound System a little bit, and then in spots it reminds me of Beck, who at his best I like Beck very much. Yeah, and uh, you know there's certain Beck Beck uh, there's certain Beck releases that that I don't really care for. But you know, what's your I, favorite Beck record? Uh, probably Sea Change. I yes, would say correct Sea Change is probably Sea Change is probably the one that I've listened to the most. I remember um, I bought Sea Change uh, the summer I worked at PNC Park, the home of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I stopped at a record store when I rode the bus to the stadium, and I'm pretty sure I bought Sea Change in the first Interpol record uh, at the same time. I, I, I want to say, and those are that was a pretty good decision. But no, I, I like. Uh, I like Sea Change very much. I like I like Modern Guilt a lot. That gets yep. slept on. Um, that's first reasons I don't I don't really know. I mean I I the reason I like the 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 last Beck record, the one that won Record of the Year or Album of the Year, was because it reminded me of Sea Change. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, I I I I'll tell you. I so I br- very very briefly several years ago worked for the uh, the company Bose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I literally worked there for like two weeks because it was during a training period and they said like, you know, if you miss more than one day of training, like you just can't work here. And then I got, and then I got the swine flu. (laughs) You actually got swine flu. I really did. Yeah. And it was like, I have had the flu before. This was bananas how bad it was. Um, It's funny because I, uh, I went to a Bruins Canadiens game. We had me and my friend had seats like four rows off the glass uh, for a Bruins Canadiens game. And like midway through the second period, it hit me like a ton of bricks basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, like I literally fell asleep on the subway on the way home. My friend had to drive me home. Uh, it was horrible. So I don't recommend getting the swine food, but, (laughs) While I was working at Bose, like to show off the like high quality audio, they put on Sea Change, and I had never heard it before. And I was immediately like, "What record is this? Mm-hmm. Where do I get it? Can I leave now to go get it?" And that that was like a mm, I'm going to say this it was like a sea change for me in my my Beck appreciation. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, because I st- really only knew you know like Loser and whatever. Yeah, and then and that was definitely the gateway because I was 16 when that came out too. So I, I was starting to think a little bit more differently about music, and it wasn't you know 
so I, I went back and listened to, you know, mutations and which, you know, people love. And I appreciate the I appreciate what he was going for there, but I don't I don't really it's not it's not something I listen to all the time. But yeah, man, Sea Change is awesome. Golden Age, like the from from the first from the first song. Golden on. Age I mean it's it's a great song. It's a great song. And and Beck has a lot of great songs. And I think that's part of the reason why I took so immediately to the Car Set Headrest record because it's, you know, it's uh I'm really loath to compare uh artists to other artists because I feel like I'm terrible at it. Um but no, it's uh it's great and if and if you're of that sort of mindset, I would I would recommend it highly. And it came out last week, I think, and I've been listening to it a lot. So I would anticipate, you know, if we have this discussion again in, you know, November or December, it's it's going to be way up there. Cool. Yeah. I, I've been wondering about that with like Lemonade, for example. How much am I going to listen to Lemonade as the rest of the year goes on? I feel like a lot because it's great. I but... love what a poptimist Ryan Lambert has turned into. It's fantastic. Mm, yes, it's true. Well, in the same like row of my, I bought these in 2016. Um, I have Beyonce, Big Ups, which is a really good post-hardcore band, uh, David Bowie, Chance the Rapper, and Cobalt, which is a black metal band. So, yeah, the the last the, I bought her. Uh, what was the last thing I bought? It was a reissue of of the first Wolf, the first Wolf Parade LP. Mm, everybody loves Wolf Parade. I think I don't know if I don't know if everybody loves Wolf Parade. I, I think I think like me. Let me put it this way: all my friends love Wolf Parade. Yeah, and I I mean I that's clearly you know it's it's that's I feel like that's something you wouldn't like. But I I like that record a lot. It came out when I was a freshman in college, and nothing they've done since uh, really compares to it. But no, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty great record. And there's all sorts of demos on it. It's I think a triple. I literally haven't even opened yet. I'm pretty sure it's a triple LP. Of just like you know various various other stuff that they that they've kind of that they've kind of tacked on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to listen to it. Cool. Um, I guess that'll do it for this week's show. Unless you have anything else you want to add about no. music. Nope. I think. Uh, I think I, I I think we should just tell everybody to tune in. Next week for episode two of uh, of Dinosaur Corner. Well, I mean, Dinosaur Corner is entirely contingent upon there being dinosaur news. No, 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 that's not true. It's entirely contingent of you finding a way to cram a dinosaur reference into whatever it is that we're talking about. I, listen, though, I... That's going to happen a lot. That's going to happen a lot. You're that's probably fine. right about that. But th- this, I'm not kidding when I say, like, I read that... 538 thing and i was like this is like a dinosaur hot take mm-hmm. it is yeah i mean that's that's about it's insane that we live in a world where there can be dinosaur hot takes but 2016 are, man, man <laughs> the content bubble it's about to pop can't wait okay that is gonna do it for us bye now goodbye <laughs>